Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Tossa Podcast. And I'm going full sport journey today, right? And I want you to picture this. So 15 years of age, Danny De Silva makes his professional football debut for Perth Glory. He's 15. To put it in perspective, the captain of the team at the time, Jacob Burns, he was 35. Two years later, he's like 17, 18. He gets signed to one of the biggest clubs in the Italian league, AS Roma. People are dubbing him the wonder kid. He's the next Harry Kiel. So he signs for $2.4 million, right? And then he gets injured and he goes back to the A-League. And now he's kicking butt with MacArthur FC. You know, we touch on the pressure and the expectations that you would feel surrounding that. And he actually answers it really well about halfway through the pod. Even if you don't like soccer, I feel like you can take something away from this episode. So without further ado, the cool, calm, collected Danny De Silva. I want, to, I want to go back to 2013. Now, you are rumoured, you're rumoured to be potentially going to Everton. Yeah. You go to Perth Glory instead and become the second youngest player at that time yeah. to debut for Perth Glory. I'd love to know who was the first out of the two clubs to reach out and how did it all transpire in, I guess, the year leading up to you debuting and then subsequently debuting after that? Yeah, no, nah, look, that's 10 years ago, eh? So that's absolutely like a uh, time, time wrap for me, man. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, like um, Everton reached out first because when I was a bit younger, I went there two times, like uh, in 2012 and 2011. Um, so yeah, I was like 14 and 13 and, and I was training with them and that, and they, they wanted to sign me, like obviously not the first team, just in the academy and then, you know, hopefully progress into that pathway. But unfortunately I couldn't go, um, because of like visas and mm. stuff like that. And if I was to go, I would have gone by myself and mm. I would have been like, yeah, 12, 13. And yeah. to be honest with you, like at that age, I wasn't ready to go leave my parents, everything behind. Mm just to, to play in the academy. So I stuck it out like in Australia. And then, yeah, like um, one thing led to next, I went to the under 20 World Cup. I was the youngest player at that World Cup. Wow. I was 16 then, um, had a really good World Cup. I got really good um, yeah, opportunities. I feel like really God like blessed me to get those opportunities. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I signed for Perth Glory. Uh, and, and yeah, I was the youngest player. I'm the youngest player ever for Perth Glory. And at that time, the second youngest in the A-League. So, yeah. Yeah, man, it was it was a trip. Like it was crazy, and uh, yeah, now it's like ten years on, and 
you know, I've been all around now yeah. still and uh, I'm still youngish. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. And, you know, I think that debut as well was against Del Piero when he was at Sydney FC. Mm. So yeah, man, it, it was crazy. And in that week's leading up, you're 15, right? Yeah. You're in the change rooms with these, some of, because your dad potentially was close to these people's ages in <laughs> s- some of them. Fair, yeah. What was it like in the, in the change room? Yeah, man. Look, to be honest with you, like that, that side of it, like in the change room was, was a crazy experience for me. Like, especially being a young kid and being in an environment with like older men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess like seeing things, hearing things that I'd never heard before as a kid, yeah. um, you know, like change room talk and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you know, I like literally maybe like two or three weeks before that I was in the stands, like cheering them on because I used to go to the games. I used to watch glory. And then, yeah, like a few weeks later, I'm on the field, like making my debut. So to be a part of that uh, playing group and then like, you know, watching them, then playing on the field with them. Yeah. yeah to be honest, like the first game especially was it was quite a surreal feeling. In that moment, was it just a blur? Do you remember the experience? Do you remember your first touch? Yeah, I remember the first game pretty quick, clearly, to yeah. be honest with you, because like that's when everybody started chanting my name and it was like the debut against Del Piero. And I remember I had the ball and I was was running towards the edge of the box and I could hear everyone screaming to shoot and I actually passed it off to, to Shane Smeltz. I tried to get it back, but I think he took it on and then shot as well. But yeah, man, I, I remember it quite clearly. And like, um, yeah, I guess it's always like a memory that will, will be close to me. 90% of, well, 99% of the population will never understand the feeling of scoring a goal in front of more than maybe a thousand people. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you could compare it to? That's a that's a top question to be fair. I think I think not really, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think I've never when you hear people like screaming, even like when you're running at the defense and you can hear the crowd like standing up, getting like pumped, getting like what's gonna happen, that feeling and that noise is I feel like something only people that play sport at a high level um, can like truly understand. Does it zone you in that moment as they get louder and louder? Yeah, to be honest, like sometimes it's white noise, but then like it makes it exciting. And then you're like, ah, I need to make the right decision here. Do I shoot? Do I pass? You know, hopefully and you get the goal in the end. When is it the opposite effect? Do you remember a time where it fully rattled you to the point where you were playing outside your body? Nah, definitely. The crowd plays and the fans play a huge part in football. Mm. I mean... You see some of like the te- the teams in Europe, like uh, Borussia Dortmund, like uh, Boca Juniors, River Plate, like these teams. These fans are insane, and they're. I feel like the pressure overseas is much different to the pressure in Australia because we don't have relegation here. We don't have, you know, the the. Um, it's not like you're playing for your life, so to speak. Sometimes, right. but in Europe and in South America, North America, you're playing for your life, man. If you if you lose a game in a derby. The fans will come and they'll try to kill you sometimes, bro. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane, but it, that would never happen in Australia. So for that sort of sense, I'd, I feel like I haven't really felt that in Australia. Definitely in Europe, I felt it a few times uh, with the fans screaming, especially if like you're missing an open goal or something like that. Then you start to get pressure. You know, you're one nil down, miss an open goal. Fans start screaming at you. Yeah. You might lose the game, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that can be a bit like daunting, but... um. 
yeah, in Australia, to be honest, it's it's not too too bad for that sort of stuff. So 2015 yeah. was a crazy year for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember this coming, like these news articles coming through my bloody space and hearing all this stuff about you potentially going to AS Roma. Yeah. And as I mentioned previously, Q was rumored to play there at one stage. You end up going to the Dutch club Rota JC. Yeah. Um, now, apparently this had to do with the fact that Perth Glory didn't receive their first payment from AS Roma. And then uh, subsequently after that, Perth Glory have the salary cap issue. So I want to take it all the way back to the start of this negotiation process. When do you get your call from your, your agent saying potentially AS Roma are keen on you? Well, look, in all honesty, the the media has got it. They don't they don't know, to be honest. So right. I did actually sign for AS Roma. I signed for five years with them in 2015. So I had a five-year contract with them. And then I went on loan from Roma to the team in Holland Road. Mm-hmm. So then I was there for two years. So what happened was, yeah, they because I didn't go directly to Roma, I, I signed for Roma, but I directly went to Roda. Everybody presumed that that deal fell through sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just signed for the team in Rota, but that's that wasn't the case. But yeah, obviously I got I got the call after the World Cup, the under 20 World Cup. And um, yeah, it was actually Atletico Madrid and, and AS Roma that were the two teams that wanted to sign me. Wow. Um, and then Roma were just a bit more keen and they, pre- they pressed it a bit more and stuff like that. Um, so I, that's why I ended up signing for them. Um, but yeah, obviously a top team, and and I was really, um, I was really blessed to be able to to sign for them, and I was really happy there, like for my time there. And they actually came to Melbourne, I think it was 2015 or 2016. They came to Melbourne for a tournament against Real Madrid and Man City, mm. and um, yeah, I was part of that. I was on the bench for the games, and and you know with the team and everything like that. So um, yeah, it was a fantastic experience, like amazing. Yeah. Um, but when I got that call and the contract came through from Roma and I remember so clearly in my house in Perth, I was sitting with my family and the contract was here. I got a photo of it and everything and like I'm signing the contract and it was like, bro, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Because I initially went to Italy to see the facilities, to yeah. see everything, to meet the coach, the players. What that. are you going to do when you look at the facilities? Nah, it's not up to my standard, dude. But honestly, it was it was the coolest thing. Like for me personally, I'm, I'm a bit of an old soul like old school stuff i really like old old stuff so this training ground was so old because it's rome yeah but it was so well maintained like it was just the pitch was immaculate the facilities were like what you would expect in italy like the food was a joke like after training you'd sometimes have that three course meal yeah you'd have like a salad then like a pasta then some fruit or like whatever it was so man yeah it was it was incredible um, I wish I could have stayed there for longer, mm. to be honest, but they wanted me to play more games. So, yeah, they sent me to Roda and then I was there for, for a year and a half, yeah. So how long did you stay in Italy for? I was there for, to be honest, just like a few weeks. Yeah. Um, just to see everything and to meet the players, mm. to to do the testing, all that sort of stuff. And then pretty much I went um, straight away to, to Roda, yeah. like to Holland. Yeah. Did you know that that was the plan before you rocked up there? Yeah, so I knew um that i was going to go on loan i wasn't sure where um they were still deciding you know which place was best they sort of left it up to my agent at the time and stuff 
Um, but I didn't know that I was going to go on loan because I was young still. I was, mm. I was only 18. Um, I needed to play games. And at the time, the player that was in my position was was Toddy. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, obviously yeah. I need to go on loan. He's, he's the best player of Aroma of all time. Yeah, for, yeah, for, um, yeah, for the people at home, Francesco yeah. Francesco, yeah, Totti. Francesco Totti. Francesco Totti. He um, is one of the best players to ever play for Italy in the yeah, past 100%. twenty odd years. He also kicked Australia out of the World yeah. Cup in two thousand six. Yeah. And you met him. Yeah. Did, did he take you under uh, under your wing, or was he kind of like you're coming up? You you might take my spot. Stuff you. I think he definitely wasn't worried about that. But <laughs> <laughs> he was he was world class. So I think he was coming to to the end of his career as well. He I think he retired two years later. Yeah. Um, from when I got there, but yeah, man, he he was unbelievable to watch. Like I remember in the sh- in the shooting drills, he would never ever like blast the ball. He would always just like chip it or like finesse it, and yeah. it would just go in every time. And I was like, yeah. this guy is another level. Yeah, it's incredible. So I want to go back to that Real Madrid oh, game yeah. at at the MCG. Yeah, yeah. Is that after you've gone to Rome already? Yep. So this time. They're coming to the MCG, you're on loan, but they go, hey, we want to bring the Australian yeah. wonder kid to the MCG. Do you think you're a sniff to get a game? Yeah, look, they said, like, because it was a tournament, they, they wanted to win. It was the Club World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and obviously against very big teams. Mm-hmm. They, I, I was hopeful to, to play. I, I didn't play, unfortunately. I was on the bench for both the games, but I didn't, I didn't come on. Um, but... Like, yeah, I was very hopeful, like, because we're in Australia, maybe, like, the last five minutes, whatever, just put me on. But, yeah, uh, yeah like, unfortunately not. But it, it's okay. Like, obviously, looking back, I wish I did come on. But it was still an incredible experience for me. And, you know, even at halftime against Real Madrid, walking down, it's when Ronaldo was still there and Benzema, all these players, like, oh walking, gosh. like, one meter away, like, down the tunnel. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was insane, mate. So... Yeah, it was it was a really cool experience, and yeah, the MCG was full, so it was like hundred thousand people. It's yeah. the it's the biggest um, crowd that I've ever like been a part of. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was an incredible experience. What's the aura of Ronaldo when you walk past him? Like, uh, well, it's Ronaldo. I can't I can't even describe it. Hey, like, for for me, because I'm a football player, it's 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 still amazing to see him. Um, but you know, maybe as well at the same time, it's different for just a pure fan to mm. see him, you know what I mean? You're in work mode as yeah, well. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I can't be like fangirling sort yeah. of thing, like, you know, down the tunnel. Um, he's obviously like switched on to the game as well. I yeah. can't be like, yeah, you got to swap shirts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was very cool to just to be able to be a part of that team and to verse another uh, unbelievable team, you know, it was, it was incredible, yeah. Can I ask, what, what's, this, what's the shirt swapping protocol? I've always been really interested in this, right? Yeah. Have you ever been rejected for a shirt swap? Nah, I've ne- I've never been rejected to be honest. Um, I think like I've I've probably swapped shirts maybe four or five times in my career yeah. with with players that I really admire as players. Um, so it's kind of like a mutual a mutual thing. Like if if you try and be a bit busy and like you're asking before the game and that it's a bit like desperate you know what I mean okay but then like after the game you know I might have had a really great game and the player that's come up to me or I've gone up to him and he's had a really good game then it's like you swap shirts because you know and respect each other as a player you know what I mean then there's obviously different times like for example if I was at Roma and I asked Ronaldo I didn't even play that's also like 
because I didn't play. Yeah. It's a bit weird. You to can't ask. do it. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, Have you ever seen somebody that was on the bench go up to one of the stars and ask for a shirt swap? To be honest, I've never seen it. I, it definitely would have happened before some some young guy just running to like a, a baller or something and asking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's kind of just, it's like an unspoken like way about it. You I know, know that's like, what interests me so yeah, much yeah, yeah. about it. Like, is there any do, is there any big do's and don'ts yeah, um, I, of it? Yeah, I think not really any big do's or don'ts. It's just, yeah, a bit unspoken. Eh? Yeah. Okay. So your time at Roma, you spend, you spend a year and a half there. You're on a five-year contract. Yeah. When do you get the news that um, Roma have gone, okay, we're going to cut this contract short? Well, so to be honest with you, it they didn't cut the contract short. Like mm. they, no no club can do that unless they pay you out. To be right. honest, so I still finished my five year contract there. But um, so I was one and a half, almost two years in Holland, and then that's when I got my bad injury. So I came back to to Australia, and then I signed for the Mariners, Central Coast Mariners. Yep. But I was technically still on loan um, from Roma to the Mariners. So that was so I had two years had passed on my five years, yeah, and then I played three more years in Australia on loan, technically from Roma, wow. and then once that expired, um, yeah, then I just signed normally. Right, yeah. right. It's okay. quite tricky, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The ins and outs of it, yeah. It's interesting because the Central Mar- Mariners it doesn't class as a loan, but um, it was technically that. Yeah, with the money. <laughs> <laughs> How does that come through? Does it come through one big lump sum? Is it up half of it because it goes to the tax man? Is it pounds? Is it coming through month by month? Are you still getting paid? For, <laughs> are you still getting the checks from? How does that work? Because you see these crazy signing yeah, fees, yeah. right? And you yeah, go, it's crazy. like, how is that dispersed? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, to be honest with you, I think every country does it different. Um, also comparing to what the wage is as well. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure the Premier League just does two lump sum payments, Fucking so six dude. monthly. Um, for us in the A League, we're paid monthly. Yeah. Um, and then it, and then for like transfer fees and stuff like that, that's a lump sum, like when you sign. So if you if you do like whatever, like Neymar or Mbappe or whatever, they do like 200 million mm-hmm. transfer fee. They would get a percentage off that 200 million percentage will go to their agent and then a percentage will go to the club that they signed from what is the general split up that's all dependent on the player and like what their agent fee is and mm. their contract and that so it can always be different but i i would presume they're taking more than at least 50 percent so like 50 percent 200 million still 100 million oh, so yeah, you know no. what i mean like yeah it's, it's crazy man the the amount of money that's in sport especially football Mm. Um, yeah, is 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 ridiculous. So I got to ask this, right? So you're dominating the under 17s, the under 20s, the under 23 World Cup. You kill it, or sorry, the under 20 World Cup. You're you're tipped to be the integral part of Australia's next Russia campaign. Uh, what was the challenges that you faced with living up to that expectation? It's it's hard to say. Like I I I always felt like I would make it down that path but sometimes different coaches come different um people come and they have different opinions of mm-hmm. players and things like that it's always and political yeah it, it is sometimes political and it football or sport in general is especially team sports is a lot of opinion of who they 
who certain people think are better. Mm-hmm. So I think that happened to me a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, you know, obviously I had, I had lots of chances when I was younger. And then I think once I came back to the, to the A-League, I sort of had quite a few injuries. I wasn't playing in my position, you know, not to make excuses and that because that's all part of being an athlete. But I never had a real strong season in the A-League without an injury. Only, my, only maybe my first season and then I got injured right at the end. So it's been really important for me to stay strong this year mm-hmm. and um, have a healthy body and, you know, have a really good season. And then, you know, hopefully get back into that national team setup. Did you feel that pressure when you were 15, dude? When you were 15, was there a personally, even in micro level in life, I hate other people having expectations of me. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, okay. is, is that a challenge to, to live up to those, those expectations? I think my family really helped me with that to, to stay like level headed and to you know, not so much block out the noise, but sort of to embrace that expectation because that expectation only comes when people believe in you to what you're capable to do. Mm-hmm. So I think I really looked at it in that retrospect so that I could, you know, accept that responsibility mm. and be able to like live up to that because I know that those people aren't thinking that just because they're randomly thinking that they're thinking that because they know that I can do that. So if they know that I can do that, why should I not know that I can do that? If that makes sense. That is, <laughs> it's a look, bit of a riddle, but... <laughs> I think you've just given me therapy with my thought process regarding yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That is such an interesting perspective of countering people's expectations is pivoting it to these people, they think that my potential is this. 100%. Expectations aren't matter of fact because they're exactly that. They're expectations. Yeah. But yeah. to saying, well, no, somebody sees this as my potential potential. Yeah. That's a really interesting, um, yeah, I guess, different way to position it. Yeah. I think it takes the pressure off as well. Like, you know, if you, I feel like as, a, as an athlete, especially even in life, I guess, if you put so much pressure on yourself, you can maybe crumble a little bit, you know what I mean? Because you're just so worried about doing so good, excelling and everything. But for me, it's just about doing your best. And if your best is not good enough for somebody, then... You can't do anything about that. That's that person's problem, if that makes sense. Like yeah. not to be disrespectful to that person, but if they expect more from you and you know yourself, you've given your best, that's all you can do. And they won't expect your best. Your best will be good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. One thing I want to ask, FIFA ratings, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> I want to know, is there, <laughs> what is the noise around FIFA ratings within the change room? Do people know when they're coming out? Is yeah, it 100%. Be- <laughs> 100%, yeah. <laughs> nah, man, honestly, whenever there's a new FIFA that comes out and the FIFA ratings come out, straight away, all the boys are jumping on it. What's my FIFA rating? What's your FIFA rating? And then, you know, there's banter flying around, yeah. whatever. Who's got the lowest? Who's got the highest? Yeah. But, you know, it's always just, like, fun. Like, I don't even know how they make the FIFA ratings, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's the best when... One year you have a high one, then the next year you drop like four or five and then you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're trying to hide. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good fun, man. Everybody loves it. Okay, I've got a little sports trivia for you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Do you know the highest ever ranking Australian player on FIFA? And, well, you just said that you don't play FIFA, but, <laughs> but <laughs> on, I, I want you, yeah, I want you to guess who you think was the highest ranking and what their ranking was so like all time 
all time out of all Australians. Out of all but Australians. But you got to think FIFA started like 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like just off the top of my head, it has to be Harry Kill or Tim Cahill. Yeah. Is it one of the two? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to say Harry Kill. You're correct. It has to be Harry <laughs> Kill. And I would say for his rating, when he was in his prime at Liverpool, even at Leeds, to be fair, I'd say maybe like, is it somewhere like high 80s? I can't give you. I'm going to say 87. That's right. No, chance. <laughs> actually, wow. what? That's actually a pure guess as well, I swear. <laughs> that's no way. 2005, he was rated yeah, 87. 87. No yeah. way, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pure guess, by the way. <laughs> I swear. I swear, I didn't even do any research before. <laughs> uh, so on that, we go into like, uh, we, we, we're roughly the same age. Who did you want to uh, replicate on the field yeah for me two players oh Messi now like Messi's unbelievable don't yeah. get me wrong but when I was really growing up two players for me was Pele mm. and Ronaldinho they were my two favorite players especially Ronaldinho because he was like at Barca Barca's my team yeah he was like killing it then like he always had fun when he played mm. and that was really me as a kid and you know, me now still, now it's a bit more serious because, you know, like we spoke about, a bit more pressure, yeah. things like that. But especially as a kid, like Ronaldinho for me was so, so good to watch. What? Don't you reckon he he was like the face of football for like four years? Yeah. And then he kind of went to Milan? Yeah, he went to Milan. Then PSG. Yeah. 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 Um, he, I guess he didn't have the longevity of, say, a Messi or a, or a Ronaldo. And mm. do you, why do you think that? To be honest with you, sorry, to be honest with you, I think that Brazilians, mm. they, they love to have fun and they love to party and mm. they love just like that whole vibe. Yeah. That, that's why they don't have as long careers. Yeah. Because there's so many stories of unbelievable Brazilian players. They will be like play on Saturday, party Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. train Friday, play again Saturday. Yeah. You know, like you can't have a long career if that's what you're doing every week. Like so it's true. just it's just the way that is. You got to look after your body and, and whatever. But, you know, then there's the argument, if they're not doing that, are they going to still play the way they're playing on the weekend? Because right. it's also a mental thing, you know, they need somewhere to go to to release. But for him, I think he was he was like that. He liked to go have fun, go have party. Uh, he lived in the best cities in the world. Yeah. Like, there's so many options for him. I don't know if you've seen the Beckham documentary. I've, I've started it, to be honest. I haven't finished it, yeah. but yeah. So there's one point where he's playing at rail. Yeah. And he, he'll he be, he's like, I didn't understand. We'd be down 2-0. And I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at Ronaldo. Who is, the, I'm looking at Roberto Carlos. Yeah. And they're smiling, laughing with each other. I'm like, we're down 2-0. And they just went like, we're going to come back. Yeah, and they'd score it's, it's crazy, bro. Right? Their the mentality is different. They're just, they're the best. Yeah. So today, MacArthur, what is your focus over the next 365 days? To be honest, just to have a really good year. And I spoke about not being injured. Um, I'm actually just coming back from an injury now. Okay. Um, but luckily it's just at the start of the season. So I'll be good for the rest of it. Um, and yeah, just having a solid season, doing really well in the cup. I think the whole team the whole um like organization wants to do really good in the cup 
So we're doing good so far. And if we win on Thursday, that will put us in a really good place. And then, yeah, just be successful in the league. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully for me, um, be able to score some goals, make some assists um, and have a really good season and then see what happens after that. With your injuries, what's been the worst one? What's been the most fucking annoying one that you're worried I don't know, potentially could go again. Yeah, the one I've done the most is my hamstrings. Right. I've done, yeah, I've done it a few times. But yeah, man, honestly, like I try not to think too much about getting injured. I yeah, just, sorry. you know what I mean? No, no, no. start your season. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> no, no, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I just try and yeah, you know, obviously do my best, run yeah. as much as I can, whatever. And, you know, all the, th- all the times that's outside of football, take care of the body as mm. best as I can. And yeah. People are quite... Um, doing your hamstring to feeling like you're getting shot. Oh, yeah. Getting shot is 100% correct. Really? Like, you know the um, Christmas party cracker things? Yeah. That's literally what it felt like. When it just when you pull it apart and you, you hear the pa like yeah. that, that's literally what my hamstring felt. And I sh- straight away I knew it was like I was done and I was just like, this was getting me off. So I've gotten a cramp in my hamstring <laughs> oh, before. Yeah. What would you compare that to? Oh, to be honest with you, I've seen some pretty bad cramps, but <laughs> I, even players I've seen like screaming, like get me up, like on their back, legs up, like trying to stretch. But yeah, cramp is cramp is different because cramp will go away. Yeah. But hamstring, like if you do it bad, it it's it's lingering there for at least like two weeks. That's very painful. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so we do something when we wrap up. Um, with our guests I call it the well it's it's your uber rating right but it's not your rating per se so I've got a formula that I use okay so firstly we go your uber trips how many uber trips have you got 120 okay okay 120 that's not much eh? no that's nothing (laughs) (laughs) I don't live it like in the city so I feel like I'm driving everywhere (laughs) I'm already stinking (laughs) okay and okay this is gonna be interesting so you're a professional athlete how many uber eats is are you getting 216. Oh, okay. That's pretty high. Yeah, that's high? <laughs> yeah. That's in the top echelon. So then we do is we times it by your Uber rating. Okay. So the last two digits of your Uber rating. So the point. Da, da. 82. 8.2. Nice. Okay. So let me do the math here. 297. And that puts you. It's going to be terrible. I've got a feeling. Second last. <laughs> That's class. Eh? You know what's killing me? The Uber. The amount of times I've used the Uber. Bro. <laughs> it's the team uh, buses. I don't know how many. How many is the... So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> some, some what, six. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You could class it as a win because it just means that you're spending less money. Yeah, true. Yeah. That is true. That but, true. Danny, it's been so good having you on, bro. Um, I might go check out that game on Thursday. Is it here in Sydney? Yeah, it's in Sydney in uh, Campbelltown Stadium, 7pm. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And same to the audience because this is probably coming out on Thursday morning. So go check it out. Thanks so much for coming on, Danny. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.